Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hi, I'm Deborah McDermott. Welcome to Healing Journeys Today. Um, today I'm going to speak about the power of prayer. Um, it's one thing to never underestimate is the enormous po power that is available uh, for us and through us in prayer. Um, but before we go on to that even, uh, our prayers need to be in line with the Word and our prayers need to be motivated um, by the Holy Spirit um, in us, guiding us in our prayer. And um, so hearing God's voice is really quite important uh, both to pray and then being prayerful helps us to become more sensitive to his voice as well and Andrew Womack has some really good teachings on the subject and Barry Bennett has a brilliant book called How to Hear God's Voice so I would encourage you to go to those if you're one of those people who just seems to feel that God's not speaking to you. Um, when I was first really seeking the Lord I didn't feel that I, I, I wasn't confident that I was hearing his voice. I didn't feel that I did hear his voice. And I thought he just wasn't speaking to me. But as I started reading the word, I realized that that was him speaking to me, that this was him speaking directly to me, that this might have been written for everybody. But as I read it, the Holy Spirit made bits of it personal to me. And that's how he spoke to me. And so I would like to suggest that the more you revere, the more you respect the word, the more the word becomes your final authority, the more you will realize just how much God is actually speaking to you. And it helps you to get to know him, to get to know how he speaks and so that you can recognize his voice when the still small voice speaks to you in your heart. Um, once again, it's the idea of esteeming the word above all else. Another thing I learned early on was hear and obey. If you want to become sensitive to God's voice, you need to be obedient when he does prompt you. And I, uh, I found that quite hard in the beginning, simply because in the beginning, what I seemed to hear a lot was, shut up, be quiet, shh, silence. And uh, I'll give you an example. Christopher would come home from work and I'd been praying in tongues all day and, and I'd been blessing the children and speaking the scriptures, but I'd had a really tough day and a lot had gone wrong and I couldn't wait for Christopher to get home so I could tell him about how hard my day had been. He walked through the door and I immediately launched into, you won't believe the day I had. And immediately I heard the Holy Spirit say, shut up, be quiet. And I was a little bit offended, but I kept quiet. And then at other times, it was mostly to do with Christopher. I would be about to tell Christopher how he's doing that incorrectly. And the Holy Spirit would say, shh. And I'd be like, well, well let him do it wrong then. I'll just have to fix it later. Another time I would be wanting to complain about something that he had done wrong or uh, the amount of washing or couldn't you do this differently? And immediately the Holy Spirit would be Shh, quiet. 
Finally, I was really quite upset and I thought, I hope you're telling him to be quiet as much as you're telling me to be quiet. But as time went on, I realized what was happening. What I realized is that um, I was burdening Christopher and it was affecting our relationship negatively. And as I learned to keep quiet and not verbalize those things, it helped Christopher to and our relationship to respond better towards me. But I got to the point where I said, well, Lord, I don't have family that I'm speaking to that I trust to speak to. I have no friends. I don't have a pastor or a church. I've got no one to confide in, no one to speak to about all my issues. And every time I try and talk to Christopher, you tell me to be quiet. And I was quite upset. And he said to me, let me be everything to you. And, you know, we hear bandied about one word from God can change your life. But that was the one word from God that changed our lives. Suddenly I realized I don't need to um, explain myself to anybody. It doesn't matter if I'm misunderstood. It doesn't matter if I'm heard. It doesn't matter if I'm appreciated. It doesn't matter if, if I'm validated. It doesn't matter if nobody sees what I'm going through. It doesn't matter if I'm feeling lonely. It doesn't matter if I don't have anybody else to talk to. He never leaves me or forsakes me. His love casts out all my fears and anxieties because I can trust in him. And I learned that he appreciates, he sees, he understands, he will give me all the validation, all the love, and he's never tired of listening to me. He gets tired of me grumbling, but he's never always there. He always has time for me. And that changed my relationship with him and it changed my relationship with the world and with people which brings me to the next um, subject which is fear of man and in proverbs 29 25 it says the fear of man brings a snare but whoever trusts in the lord shall be safe and i like to be safe I don't like being out there and vulnerable. If God is on my side, if God is for me, then I'm satisfied and I'm happy. I want to be safe. But this fear of man, that manifests, especially when we have children with disabilities and there are a lot of other people who have a voice in our lives. There'll be grandparents, there'll be other parents, there'll be teachers, there'll be doctors and specialists and therapists, there'll be our spouses, um, best friends. And they all have a say. And I mean, I also learned early on not to share too much with them because I didn't want to know what they had to say once I decided what God's had to say. But there is that feeling that what do I do if they don't agree with me? What if they give me a hard time? What if they invalidate me? What if they think I'm wrong and, give, and, and irresponsible? What if my spouse... Um, gets angry and upset with me because of my choices. Um, they're, they're, those are all something that you need to take to the Lord and you need to read Proverbs 29, 25 and then ask the Lord to make it real to you. Let him be everything to you so that you do not need anybody else to validate you. Once the Lord has spoken, once you have sought him and you have made a decision, that you believe is in line with his will and his word, then let him be everything to you and let the fear of man go. Once again, 
It's esteem God and his word and disesteem everybody else in relation to God and what he, you believe he is telling you and what his word says. And then the other one is cut out other voices. That pretty much overlaps. Stop asking other people what do they think, what should you do, and start going to the Word and asking God for wisdom, asking the Holy Spirit to guide you, pray in tongues over situations prayerfully, and um, rather than asking people, nobody else is going to get revelation about your child more then God's going to give it to you. Nobody else has authority over your child in prayer and intercession any more than you do. So um, really, I would, I would encourage you to have confidence to trust God and learn to hear his voice and trust that inner guidance of the Holy Spirit so that you can have peace. Um, James 5.16, and I'm reading this bit from the Amplified. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. That scripture was pivotal to me when I was at, in a very desperate place. And I read that and I realized tremendous power available, dynamic in its working, is what I needed working in our lives at that time. Now. Uh, this was a situation that happened um, when, when Tim was about eight, nine years old, before he was even officially diagnosed with autism. And uh, he had a lot of physical problems. And it was manifesting in his body as um, an overgrowth of candida, lots of fungal infections, thrush, um, and his eyelids were red and swollen, his tongue was swollen, his gums were swollen and bleeding and pussy. Uh, he had a lot of digestive troubles. His joints were swollen and aching. Um, every time he ate, he would go pale as though he was going into shock. And when I took him to the doctors, they were, by this time, they were irritated. I'd taken Tim so many times. They thought I was a neurotic mother, and they sent me home and said, there's nothing wrong with him. Pull yourself together. But that closed the door to any help. So I knew we were going to have to go privately, and I was sending away urine samples to get them check to see if anybody could find out what was wrong with my boy. Now I remember when I used to nurse children um, early on and uh, I looked at him one day and I thought what if he's got something like leukemia? What if he's actually going to die? It won't be any comfort for me to say to the doctors I told you so. And I was absolutely terrified and I suddenly thought Lord my child could be dying and nobody's helping me. So while I was still trying to find out what on earth was going on as far as looking for help and taking him to, to other doctors, um, I started really praying. So once I put James to sleep, he was about a year, 18 months, I would go into James Tim's room, put my hand onto his leg and I would just pray in tongues. I had nothing left to pray words wise. I would just pray in tongues over him and I would cry and pray and I would fall asleep and wake up and pray. Then I would go and settle James and feed him and then come back till 12, 1, 2, sometimes 3 o'clock in the morning. I would just keep praying in tongues, urgently desperate for God to intervene. Now, I didn't know that healing was a done deal, that we had a right to be healed. 
I still thought that we were dependent on God might or God might not. So I didn't even know how to ask him anymore. I knew that he knew that I'd already asked. So I was just praying in tongues. And around this time, we were all outside. The boys were playing and we had a Christmas tree that was potted. And I had been uh, looking after it, hoping to keep it for next Christmas, but it was dying. After everything I'd done for it, the ungrateful tree was dying. And I, I was like, oh, Lord, it's dying. And he said to me, he answered me and said, lay your hands on it and bless it. And I, I wasn't quite sure I'd heard him. I thought, that's a strange thought. And I said to Tim, Tim, I think God just told me to bless the tree. And he just smiled at me and said, oh, cool. So I did. I laid my hands on the tree and I blessed it. And then I thought about Tim and his digestive problems and stuff. And I thought, well, I pray that these pine needles photosynthesize properly and that the roots absorb everything it needs properly and that if there's any disease on it that it the disease must die in Jesus name and I bless this tree in every way in Jesus name amen I mean it was it was like that and then I just laughed and carried on with my day the next morning Tim was outside in the garden and I heard these whoops and shouts and I rushed out and he was pointing at the tree and there we had this long on all the tips of every little branch on this little tree we had over an inch of brand new bright green growth and my mouth fell open I was astonished and I started laughing and I heard him say to me if I can do that for the tree won't you trust me to heal Tim and I was like oh my word and then I said to him well what about his diet? Now, by this time, I'd got the results back and they said he, um, he couldn't have any more gluten. He, was, he couldn't have any more dairy. He had leaky gut syndrome. And I'd been trying unsuccessfully to change his diet. If I didn't give him what he was accustomed to, he just wouldn't eat it. And I said, Lord, but he's not allowed to eat all the foods he loves and he won't eat the food the other. And the Lord said to me, give him what he likes, bless it and trust me. And that was all I needed. So the next meal was spaghetti bolognese. So I blessed the food. I thanked the Lord that the food is blessed to Tim's body, that his body will be able to digest and assimilate it properly. And while I was praying, I got a mental image of the children of Israel collecting manna in the wilderness. And I suddenly realized that manna had everything in it that they could possibly need to be strong and healthy and walk through the desert. <laughs> with nothing else for 40 odd years and I immediately I said Lord thank you that his food contains all the nutrients and nourishment that he needs to be strong and healthy in Jesus name and we prayed now I had always blessed the food but it had become a tradition after that I prayed in faith over his food and within three weeks he was a different boy he was a completely different boy and what I realized and what the Lord showed me is that when I take my anxieties and my cares to him in prayer, it's basically opening a door. He knows what we need, but he doesn't intervene until we invite him to. So I had opened those doors for him to intervene and he had, his power had flowed and the miraculous had occurred. So that is the power of prayer. We need to be continually making decisions as parents 
generally, parents with children with special needs or, or diseases that the world says are incurable, we need to be making decisions every day, decisions as to how to raise our children, how to look after them, um, decisions with regards to education, decisions with regards to their medical um, situations, and these need to be adjusted depending on where we are with our walk with the Lord and where they are on their healing journey. So we need to be really sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, Isaiah forty-eight seventeen says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. So profiting in our child raising and being led in the way that we should go. James 1, 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. So praying in the name of Jesus gives us authority over the enemy. We are acting on our faith in God that he will do what his word promises. And I believe very much in praying according to the word, in actually using scripture in our prayers. And amen means let it be done. You know, like Mary said when the Holy Spirit said, you will conceive. She said, amen. Amen then said, I receive what you have promised. And for her, it meant that she miraculously um, was immediately conceived the Son of God. So I will pray the word and say, Amen. Let it be done unto me. Let it be done unto my children, as your word says. Um, we need to co-parent with God. I learned early on that I needed some wisdom. I needed some help. I couldn't do this alone. And bringing God into the situation makes such a difference because we need to let the peace of God reign in our hearts. And um, as a parent of children, especially children who are going through various issues with their health and stuff, um, it's very hard to stay in peace. But when anything causes us anxiety, that is when we just need to lift it up, pray, a, find a scripture that applies, lift it to the Lord in prayer and give it to him and trust him that his word is true and that it will, he will intervene on our behalf and that that word will manifest in our children's lives and that way we co-parent he is working with us guiding us with the Holy Spirit every minute of every day and we are casting our cares we are walking in receiving his love which settles our fears and anxieties knowing that we and our children are loved and um, it says perfect love casts out all fear so we are, we are, our fears and anxieties are subdued by his love, by casting our care. We are more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we are being guided um, throughout our days. John fourteen twenty six, and I'm reading this one from the Amplified because here he describes who the Holy Spirit actually is. But the Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. 
He will teach you all things and he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. I just love that. At times when I'm anxious, when there are things going on with, with my life, with the children, with choices I pr that I'm, I'm unsure of, I spend time praying in tongues and the Holy Spirit will remind me, he will bring me a word, he will remind me of things and he will guide us in his way. And we will then be able to be so much more effective as parents and as supernatural children of God acting as intercessors and on behalf of our children and our families um, than we would be just trying to um, work it out on our own or running to the phone asking everybody, what should I do? What should I do? Um, so there. Um, I'm just trying to see. I had a few other points. John 16, 23. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Praying, so we've done that. Uh, God knows our thoughts and our needs, but he responds to our prayers. Um, we... We can't automatically assume, well, God knows what I want. We have learned so much about speaking the word, about proclaiming, but don't ever underestimate the power of prayer. Um, I would just like to read you. I have this little book, The Power of a Praying Parent. Uh, this is the book of prayers, Stormy O'Martian, and I found that really helpful. I just want to read one or two bits to you. God has given you spiritual authority over your child and your prayers have power. This doesn't mean there will always be an immediate answer. Sometimes it can take days, weeks, months or even years. But your prayers are never meaningless. If you are praying, something is happening. Isaiah 54:13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. I'm going to read the first two prayers because I just find them so helpful. Lord, I submit myself to you. I realize that parenting a child in the way you would have me to is beyond my human abilities. I know I need you to help me. I want to partner with you and partake of your gifts of wisdom, discernment, revelation and guidance. I also need your strength and patience along with a generous portion of your love flowing through me. Teach me how to love the way you love. Where I need to be healed, delivered, changed, matured or made whole, I invite you to do that in me. Help me to walk in the righteousness and integrity you have given me. Proverbs 20 verse 7. The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. And I'm just going to read a little extract of this one. Grow me into the kind of parent you want me to be and teach me how to pray and truly intercede for my child's life. You said in your word, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Matthew 21, 22. In Jesus' name I ask that you will increase my faith to believe for all things you have put on my heart to pray for concerning this child. First Thessalonians 5:16 to 18. Rejoice always. 
pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And in closing, I would like to just remind you that I have a book called Autism Healed. That's our story um, by Deborah M. A. McDermott. And um, I have a few stories about how God answers our prayers and has been faithful to fulfill the words that he has promised us in, in, in the word of God. And it's available from Andrew Romack Ministries and it's available from uh, Amazon. Now, if you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer for you now, if possible. Yes, uh, there's a question from Tonya Hughes-Greer. Deborah, was there much self-doubt you dealt with as you heard things from God, or did you just believe it when he said it? Well, Tonya, um, initially I, there was. Initially there was, and so I would just pray in tongues until I had peace as much as possible. I mean, there were some decisions I made that I was anxious about and they were so out there. And yet, when I say out there, so opposed to what I was being told to do, but I felt peace after praying about it for a little while. I felt peace. And so um, I learned how to follow um, the guidance of the Holy Spirit just by the peace in my heart. Um, and I learned how to become insensitive to the opinions of others and sensitive to his guidance. And also, you know, sometimes I prayed, Lord, what if I totally ruin my children's lives? And he answered me and said, I'm big enough to fix any mistakes you make. Trust me. And that gave me the confidence to step out in faith, to do things I felt he was guiding me to do, knowing that if I was wrong, that he was big enough to intervene and fix the situation for me. Okay, uh, another one from Sherry Farmer. How do you get past the senses when you feel like you have taken authority and choose to ignore the symptoms and replace the negative thoughts with the word, but time after time, nothing changes? Um, something is always happening in the spiritual realm. So you need to turn your eyes, open your spiritual eyes to the fact that once you have prayed, once you have spoken the word, once you have commanded and spoken out of your mouth, that stuff has happened in the spiritual realm. It is impossible that nothing happened. Therefore, you need to keep your eyes on what God has promised and know that what you are seeing in the natural is now going to have to submit to what you have spoken. In the spiritual. Um, once again, you know, Mike Hesh gave this illustration which I thought was so good. In Proverbs 20, it says, my son, pay attention to my word. Um, and basically, in the word of God's this side and completely opposed to it is the carnal world, the natural word. Now the Lord says, your children are healed, and that's what the word says. The symptoms say, look at me, I'm still here. You, you can't be focusing on both at the same time and he said focus on the word focus on the promises so then when you look in the natural you look at that but you're still focused on this so you don't have to say there are no symptoms but you can say those symptoms do not upset me the symptoms do not intimidate me the symptoms do not make me afraid because I know that the word of God says that my child is healed healed 
Therefore, the Holy Spirit is going to guide me on how to deal with this child now without losing faith that what the Word says is true, despite what I'm seeing in the natural. And if you have difficulty doing that, just keep one scripture that has spoken to your heart and keep it in your pocket, keep it on the walls, and keep speaking it. I have a tendency to make them into little songs. And whenever I am tempted to be dismayed by what I'm seeing and upset and anxious, I sing that scripture out that spoke to me and I then speak in tongues. So I deal with the natural with the help of the Holy Spirit, but I'm still focused on the promises of God. I'm still focused on the spiritual. Nothing um, can ever change that as the truth, despite the reality or the facts. The truth trumps. So it's never that nothing has happened. But if you believe nothing has happened and your focus has turned here and you think, ah, nothing has happened, then in a way you've sabotaged what has already been put in motion in the spiritual. So that is the challenge. That is fight the good fight of faith. Uh, Another one from Cassandra Allen. Is praying for our adult children just as powerful and effective as praying for our young children? I'm so glad you asked that. Absolutely. Timothy's 24 now. And Stormy O'Martian, I love her books on praying because especially if you're not um, sure where to start, it can be overwhelming. Especially with our adult children because we no longer have authority over them. We can't impose our will or manipulate them. But we can open the door in prayer and we can give them to the Lord and we can intercede for them. Absolutely. And the prayers of a parent are powerful over our adult children. Um, We've just got to always be careful when praying for our children not to impose our will on them um, and use them as a form of manipulation because those are prayers that are going to be frustrating to us and and, and let's face it, God's not going to answer those prayers. So we need to um, be guided by the Holy Spirit. I find that um, Stormy O'Martian's book, The Power of Praying for Your Adult Child or Children, absolutely brilliant. And I, I, I use that book and I pray those, those prayers. And um, so the answer is yes, absolutely. Prayer for anybody, anytime is powerful. We're told to pray and to pray for the saints. Um, but you praying for a spouse because you are one, you have more authority in the spiritual realm is very powerful. Praying over our children as parents, we have more authority in the spiritual realm. Our prayers are very powerful, no matter what the age of our children is. But we can't impose our will on them in prayer. Hold on. Right. Well, thank you so much for, um, for tuning in and listening to me. And um, cheerio. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.